We mentioned earlier today the uh, folks who are still recovering over in uh, eastern part of the Panhandle of Florida, the Panama City area. Uh, we, we had a group who went over there on Friday. Jan Bailey is uh, coordinating this effort for us, and we're very grateful to Jan for all that she's doing to, to keep us on track. She has uh, been in contact with the coordinating effort of our Methodist conference over there, and we went on Friday. Uh, there were about 10 of us who went, I think, and um, we um, met a, a, a couple of men who lived in a house that had just basically been uh, wrapped up in pine trees. They showed us pictures of their house, and, and uh, you couldn't see the house for the trees on top of the house, and they had survived that in the house, and we were there. The trees had been removed, and we were there cleaning up debris, and uh, we worked until about noon, and right before noon, it, it started raining, and we stopped for lunch, and it kept raining, and uh, and it just kept raining, and um, our group, uh, I think the, the youngest of us was somewhere around 60 years old. The oldest of us was Irvin, who's 91, and, uh, and so it kept raining, and we were disappointed that we weren't going to be able to go back that afternoon, and we were relieved that we weren't going to have to go back that afternoon uh, because uh, we weren't so sure that we would be here today if we had uh, worked all afternoon. But we had a great time, and we had good fellowship with the family, and we did our work, and we're grateful. There will be other opportunities for younger folks to go, and, and, and us older folks as well, and uh, we invite you to be a part of that as those dates are announced and scheduled. Jesus said, you will hear of war and rumors of war, but do not be alarmed, for these things must happen. The end is not yet. Jesus spoke those words some 2,000 years ago, and as I said earlier, on this day, a hundred years ago, the war to end all wars was ended, but the end was not yet. The Second World War came after that, and it finally ended when the United States built four atomic bombs. It tested one, it stockpiled one, and it dropped two of those bombs on Japanese cities. And that was the end of the Second World War, but the end was not yet. We've known war since then, of course, and presently the United States recognizes that there are ten wars in the world and there are eight active military conflicts. Today, nine countries are known to have nuclear weapons. There probably may be others about which we're not sure. There are approximately 14,500 nuclear warheads in the world. You have heard, you will hear of war and rumors of war, but do not be alarmed, for these things must happen, but the end is not yet. Jesus spoke those words some 2,000 years ago, and we wonder exactly what did he have in mind. Was he thinking of his own time, or was he thinking of ours, or was he thinking of both? Jesus and Matthew lived in a world that was poised for war. The Roman Empire was a military empire. Military strength was the basis of the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. For Jews like Matthew and Jesus, the constant presence of enemy soldiers was a daily fact of life. They lived as we might have lived had the United States not won the last world war. 
rumors of war were a part of hushed conversations, especially among Jews who expected that a military Messiah would come and throw off Roman opposition. Matthew's gospel was written around the time of the first Jewish revolt. It was an insurrection that led finally to the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the great temple. Was this what Matthew had in mind? Was this what Jesus had in mind when he spoke of wars and the rumor of wars? Did he think only of that time or did he think of our time? Did he think of all the wars that have been fought ever since? When Jesus speaks of wars and the rumor of wars, he says these things must happen. What does he mean? Does he mean that God has predestined war? Does he mean that we humans, being who we are, are bound to fight wars? Does he mean that war must finally wear us out to the point that we give it up for good? Does he mean that being a warring species is a phase through which humanity must pass before coming to a more mature sense of ourselves. What does he mean? Historians would tell us that wars happen when political power is imbalanced. Oppressors oppress, and sooner or later oppressed people fight back. That is what happened in that first Jewish revolt and in the second Jewish revolt. The social Darwinists might tell us that war is the ultimate struggle for the survival of the fittest. Three years before the First World War, Friedrich von Bernhardi wrote, Without war, inferior or decaying races would easily choke out the growth of healthy, budding elements. War gives a biologically just decision since its decisions rest on the very nature of things. Militarists might claim that war is the field upon which patriotism is proved and honor is earned among men. A German soldier from the First World War remembered his eager entry into battle. He said, overpowered by stormy enthusiasm, I fell down on my knees and I thank heaven with an overflowing heart for granting me the good fortune of being permitted to live in such a time. That soldier's name was Adolf Hitler. Mystics and poets would tell us that war is the work of the devil Charles Wesley, the brother of John Wesley, our Methodist founder, wrote of war in our earth we now lament to see. Our earth we now lament to see with floods of wickedness overflowed, with violence, wrong, and cruelty, one wide extended plain of blood where men like fiends each other tear in all the hellish rage of war. As listed now on Satan's side, they mangle their own flesh and slay. Topeth is moved and open wide its mouth for its enormous prey. And myriads sink beneath the grave and plunge into the flaming wave. 
for whatever reason, war comes. And what of the ordinary veterans? What of the men and women who go to war because their country says they must? I think here of my own father, who was a combat veteran of the Second World War, a survivor of the Battle of the Bulge. And he said simply, I did my duty. I did my duty. Jesus says that wars and rumors of wars are part of the warp and woof of life in this world. And yet Jesus says that we are not to be overcome with anxiety because the end is not yet. The end is not yet because this world in which war and the rumor of war is a way of life is not the only world. There is a world to come of which God knows, of which God speaks. It is a world which God sees and God creates. Over four million U.S. citizens were deployed in the First World War. Of that number, and the number is disputed, but it's estimated that some 300,000 never returned. The last U.S. veteran of the First World War died in 2011. They are all gone now. All of those who fought the war to end all wars. The world wars on, but they are not here. For all of them, the fever of this life is over. Seeing what they saw, enduring what they endured, they surely longed to be clothed with their heavenly dwelling. They surely longed for mortality to be swallowed up by life. And we are bold to believe that God is merciful. That to every one of them who had any hint of faith, any desire for God's goodwill, that God has surely given them the good gift of eternal life. They are all gone, and they are in that world where there is no war, no rumor of war. They rest in peace, in the deep peace of Christ. The end that is not yet is that eternal realm. And the end that is not yet is the fulfillment of our truest and best nature as human beings. If God's word is true, then we know in our heart of hearts that we are not made to fight and kill one another. We are made for love. The world is not destined to go up in the smoke of battle. The world is destined to be transformed into the very place that God made it to be in the beginning. 
The end is not yet because the Lord is not finished with us human beings. For all of our waywardness, for all of our wickedness, God has not given up on humanity. The end is not yet because God intends something better for every one of us. It is to be transformed into the image of Christ. It is to grow up completely in our acceptance of grace. It is to grow up completely in our granting of grace. It is to become the very ones God made us to be in the beginning. The end is not yet. That end will come when it can be said of us, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. See now what love the Father has for us, that we should be called the children of God, for that is what we are. This is our end. This is our destiny. This is our purpose. It is not yet. It is not yet. But it surely will be. It must be. It will be. So may it be. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our hymn is number 437, This Is My Song, a song of all the nations. Let us rise and sing to the Lord, number 437.